I want to dig into God's word together this morning with you. I want to do so from the book of 2 Corinthians. And certainly we were in a time of Lent um, before this all happened and thinking about some of the spiritual disciplines. And I certainly want to revisit that at some point and and think together through those disciplines. But I thought it was appropriate this week um, as I spent some time in my study and preparing for this morning to think together with you about this strange new world that we live in. And so over the next several weeks, that's what we're going to be living into. We're going to be thinking together about our strange new world and how God equips us over and over again in his word to live into this strange new world. And this morning, I want to think about the things that we have. And the reason I want to think about the things that we have together this morning is that it's very easy right now in the world that we live in to think about all the things that we don't have. You think in many ways about the things that have been lost in your life over the last two weeks. You can think about things like, as silly as it sounds now, the loss of the NBA and the NHL and pro soccer all over the world and the NCAA March Madness. You think of the loss of of brackets that you don't have to fill out for March Madness this year. And certainly that's a loss and means that on Sunday afternoons especially, um, it's hard for a person like myself to find something that you can just sit and watch and relax. But we've also lost many other things. We've lost some freedom to move around, certainly to congregate. I'm preaching to a sanctuary this morning that has right about 10 people. We're trying to stay right on that edge. God be praised. But I'm preaching to a sanctuary of 10 people, and I miss... It's a loss that you're not here with us this morning. And in fact, if I think about that long enough, that's one of the things that's the greatest loss to me at this point, is that I can't see you and hug you and tell you that I love you and we can't be together to watch our kids jump into the bushes after church We can't gather in our groups and share the same conversation, perhaps, that we've shared hundreds of times already. There's a loss there. There's a loss, of course, of going to the grocery store and feeling like we can come home with anything and everything that we want. Now we go, and of course, there are empty shelves in the middle of people wearing masks and gloves, and certainly a loss of joy when we go to the grocery store Seeing someone that we know, we can only give the elbow bump if we're even willing to do that. We can't sit and have the conversation. There's so much that has been lost, including especially for those who've lost health and even their life. And we can't minimize that. We shouldn't. But we also have much. And this morning, from the text of 2 Corinthians 6, I want to think together as God's people about what we have specifically four times like this. In fact, Paul, as he talks about it this morning, he talks about it for all times, but he gives us some understanding of how these things that we have in Christ are for all time. So we're going to explore. I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles, 2 Corinthians 6, 
beginning at verse 3. Before we dive into God's word together, let's ask for his presence, power, and blessing wherever we are as we learn from his word. Father, meet us. Touch us through the power of your spirit. Bridge the gap between believers all over the England Empire, all over this country, perhaps even all over the world. Speak to us through the power of your word. Redeem us, transform us through its power that we might be equipped to live into the strange new world that is in front of us in a way that glorifies and honors you. In Christ we pray. Amen. I want to start by reading from 2 Corinthians 6, beginning with verse 3. And it says this there, We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Now, one thing I want you to understand right from the beginning is that this is a, a, the second letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And it's one of the few churches in the text that we have two letters to. We also have, of course, First and Second Thessalonians. But this one, there's a reason why Paul sent two letters to Corinth. And if you read 1 Corinthians, you're going to find that God wanted to use Paul to address challenges within the church. There were church, there were things going on in the community. There was dissension and some division. In fact, if you know 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you're going to see that there were people expressing gifts in a way that they, they weren't together. They weren't understanding their union. They weren't understanding each other and supporting each other. There's challenges to this congregation. And Paul's writing to them into those challenges. And what's interesting is how he's phrasing his address to them about these challenges. Let's look really quickly at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 6. It says this there. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. And then he says this, hear it. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So Paul is writing to a church that's walking through challenges, and he's saying to them, and he's saying to us, now is the time of my favor. And I want us to hear that this morning as individuals, but also as a church, that I believe that we are in that space as God's favor. Here's why I believe that. The world right now is desperate for hope. Amen? We're in a place where we don't know what the future holds. We're in a place of doubt. There's many people who live in a place of fear, right? And since that is the case, it's also then fertile space for the gospel to go out in new ways. And in ways that people are willing to listen now that they wouldn't have been willing to listen Two weeks ago. It's sort of one of those things where you, you can remark on that in your neighborhood. How many of you in this room have seen people walking more this week and outside? How many of you had new conversations with your neighbors that you've never had before? How many of you, when you go to the grocery store, despite the fact that you're trying to social distance, you're seeking and you're seeing people who are engaging in some life and some joy in a way that certainly wasn't there before? That's my experience. 
And because we're in this space of new things, it means that we as Christians, we as followers of Jesus, can seek to discover ways to not discredit the gospel, as Paul says. We can do the opposite of that. We can credit the gospel of Jesus Christ in how we live into this strange new world. We can find ways to serve, to love, to encourage. Paul is writing to a church that is going through challenge. He's writing to us as we walk through challenge. And he reminds us that we are equipped for this no matter the circumstances. Let's look at this next section and discover how that goes. It says this there. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Now you notice in that couple verses that Paul, first of all, highlights the bad stuff, right? Here again. We commend ourselves in every way in great endurance and troubles, hardships, distresses, beatings, imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like our world. And in the midst of this difficult stuff, Paul is going to come to share with us what we have, but he doesn't stop there because, and this is important, Paul is equipping us for all circumstances. Verses, verse 7 highlights all the good. It highlights these things. It says in truthful speech, or sorry, in verse 6, purity, understanding, patience, kindness, Holy Spirit, sincere love, truthful speech, power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left. So in the circumstances of both the bad and the good, we are equipped by the Holy Spirit to live into what is ahead. I am concerned for this time and in this space, yes. But I'm also equally concerned about what happens two or three months from now. Suddenly we're in this space of asking these important, critical questions. But are we going to remember the heart conversations that we've had with God and what we've learned from him in this process? Are we going to remember that then so that we can live in to the truth we're learning now when things are okay? And Paul is equipping us, the Spirit is equipping us this morning to live into that regardless of our circumstances. He equips us to live into this strange new world, but the strange new world that is to come as well. So what are some spaces that we can already begin to learn to live into this differently? I already mentioned grocery stores. Right now, oddly enough in our world, grocery stores are the place of great congregation, right? It's the one place where people actually come together and where physically we can be in the same space. How do you shop? How do you live into that world, the 10, 15, 20 minutes that you're in a grocery store trying to get what you need? How do you live into that? 
How do you carry yourself? How do you become equipped by the Spirit to be the gospel even into the crazy place that is now State of Brothers or Vons or Albertsons or Ranch Market or wherever it is that you shop? Are you equipped to go into that space with some level of joy and life? Everyone else or many in that grocery store are shopping with some sense of fear, wondering if they're going to turn the corner, and that's going to be another empty shelf right now. How can we live into that space? One of the things that I am now committed to do is whenever I'm going through checkout, I am going to thank every single cashier. If I meet somebody who's stocking something in the aisle, I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to say, I'm, I bless you for being here. I'm going to be praying for people like you this week. I'm going to be a person who carries into the difficulty, into the difficult circumstances, the things of Christ. And you can do that in your neighborhood, too. I live in a cul-de-sac. It is so amazing to watch the connections grow. And we're loving each other, caring for each other, checking on each other. I have several senior citizens, and about twice a week at least, I'm checking in. One great thing is that one of our neighbors has a stockpile, and she's already let me know. And she says, come in, door's not locked. If you need something, you can come and get it. So I'm covered, I'm good. But it's also that we're seeking to carry Christ into the difficult circumstances. But my challenge is, can I do that when all is well? That's something that I'm praying for for all of us as we learn to live into this. Let's continue, verses 8 through 10. Through glory and dishonor, bad report, good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and not yet killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, yet possessing everything. Here's what Paul's doing in this section. He is contrasting those who are, and and those who live into, and espouse the values of the world, with those who seek to live into and espouse the values of the kingdom. Listen again. Through glory thing of God, or dishonor, thing of the world. Bad report, thing of the world, good report, thing of the kingdom of God. Genuine, kingdom of God, yet regarded as imposters, thing of the world. Goes on, continues. How are we, as followers of Jesus, living into present circumstances? Are we being people who take hold of the things that we have in Christ, not only so that it will empower us and encourage us during this season, but that also becomes a means and a way of proclamation to those who are around us? I can say this, as things get more challenging, if they do, and there's certainly no reason at this point to expect that they won't get more challenging, we're going to be tested even more as followers of Jesus of whether or not we are kingdom dwellers or earth dwellers. How are we going to engage in this? Are we going to seek God's glory? Are we going to hear the good reports of the Spirit? 
Are we going to be people who are genuine to those around us or hiding some of the things that we're walking through? Are we going to be people who know each other and live into the love relationship of knowing each other? Or are we going to isolate and be unknown? Again, it continues. Are we going to be people who, as we equip, as we are living into hard things, are going to be equipped with the things of God that he's given to us in Christ? And this is the beautiful part about all this, is that we have in Christ these things automatically. They're part of what we call sanctific- or, or, sorry, justification. As we have been justified in Christ through the grace of God offered through God's presence in our world and the sacrifice of Christ, as we have, have known that truth of God's grace, we instantly become equipped with Christ's identity. And that's all these are, is Christ's identity. And if we're equipped with those things, things that are given to us as gift, are we going to live into what we already have? Or are we going to leave it behind and grab onto the things of this world? And frankly, the more I look at the world's response oftentimes, I don't, I don't want that. And the world needs less of it. Friends, this is a time of God's favor where our lifestyle How we live, what we say, what we do, what we post, how we engage with each other. That all of these things are opportunities for the kingdom of God to grow in us. That's why this is the time of his favor. Verses 11 through 13 as we close. Now we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. Now, um, the tradition that many of us come from, including myself, um, is a tradition where we... um, How do I say this nicely? We keep to ourselves and don't share our emotions or our thoughts or our hearts very well. How many would you, how many of you would agree with that, right? Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Mercer is one of those guys who puts his heart in his sleeve. It's all good. Thanks, yeah. We are a people that often holds ourselves in. And here in this season, Paul is challenging us not only as a church, but also as individuals, to live with hearts open wide to each other. That this is a time for us to build a level of love and encouragement and intimacy in a way in which we haven't before. One of the things that it certainly has been indicative of our culture over the last couple decades is an increased feeling of isolation and loneliness. And that certainly that some of you out there are feeling right now, sitting wherever it is that you're sitting, you're feeling isolated, you're feeling alone. And the call of God to us this morning in this passage from 2 Corinthians is that we find a way to open our hearts to others and then open our hearts to receive from others. I got to tell you, and it's something that almost makes me cry. I look forward to the day. I don't know when that is. When we gather together again as God's people, I pray and I hope and I believe at this point that this church is going to be packed to the gills because we're going to long for that. 
And, and I hope that during this season, we're preparing ourselves for that so that there are way more hugs on that day that we've ever had at the river and in your worshiping community. I hope on that day there are more I love you's eye to eye, heart to heart that are spoken than ever before because what God has done during this season. I hope and I pray that even before that happens, that we are seeking new ways to be the body of Christ to each other and to the world around us and that we are equipped by the Holy Spirit to do such a thing because by doing so, we proclaim what we have to the world because we've got Jesus. And if nothing else we know, that this world right now Needs a whole lot of Jesus. And you've got them. And you can give it. Because it's what you have. You can give Jesus. You might be out of toilet paper. You can give Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're out of eggs. You can give Jesus. You can't necessarily go across the street, but you can text Jesus to another friend. You can't go to a sports game, but you can cheer for Jesus in a way that the world hears it. We, in this time of having lost so much, we've got Jesus, and Paul says clearly, that's enough. We are rich when we have Jesus. We are equipped for whatever is ahead if we have Jesus. The world isn't, then we got to show it to them. We have to be people who proclaim Jesus. How do we do that? Well, here's my encouragement to you. Find a new group of people. For me right now, one of the things that I'm thinking through is maybe it's my neighborhood that I go to a couple of my neighbors and appropriate social distance, knock on the door, step back, walk, talk through the screen, whatever, and I go to them and I say, hey, I'm putting together just a neighborhood directory so that we know how to check on each other and support each other. And is it okay if I get your number? It's okay if you don't want to give it to me, that's fine. But we just want to check in and make sure everyone's okay. And then maybe it's just words of encouragement. I'm not going to pound anyone with Bible verses. But I may just say, hey, I'm praying for you today. I'm praying for all of you. May you know God's protection, God's favor, God's presence, God's blessing. It's being a, a family who in your living room lives into hope and life. Yes, you can, you can turn on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC and you can watch that for hours. Or you can be together as a family and take a walk. Right now, God be praised for many of us, we can take walks. If you can't take walks... I'm sorry, um, maybe it's something that you can, you can be outside in your own backyard. You can find a space where in that space you can see the presence of God in his creation and in the beauty of what he's given you. Perhaps you have a little dog at home or a cat. Right now that's a blessing. Live into that. And hear what God is saying to you through this animal who loves you. Finding new ways for us to live into the world that we're living into in such a way that we are sharing Christ with everyone that we possibly can. Discovering new ways to do that. That's where we're living with hearts open wide.
We keep using the world right, or the word right now, unprecedented, right? This is unprecedented. Nobody has ever seen this in their lifetime. And it's unprecedented, certainly in world history, but I choose not to see it that way. I choose instead to see it's unprecedented in the kingdom of God, what God is doing. That's how I want to see this. God is doing a new thing in his people, in his his kingdom, in his creation. And as I seek to and pray that over and over again and pursue the things of God that he's given us in Jesus Christ, that I am therefore then equipped in this unprecedented time to share the gospel in an unprecedented way. We as a church can live into that too. Friends, wherever we are, Maybe this is a good time after the service is over to sit and talk with your family. How do we live into this new time and find ways to the world that we live in, neighborhoods, grocery stores, online and digital communities? How do we find a way in this unprecedented time to in an unprecedented way share the beauty of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in a world that's filled with way too much bad news. Would you pray with me? Hope of the world, we trust in you. We need you. We need your power and your presence to guard us, keep us, protect us. Yes, that is all true. But we also need your equipping in new ways. We're all learning new lessons right now. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to do it. But we do know that you have a plan and a purpose for us and for your church and for your kingdom. And Lord, may we live into that with great courage and trust that in this unprecedented time, you're doing an unprecedented thing in your world. Lord, may we trust that as we pursue the things of you that you have given us in Jesus Christ, that we have despite shortages and anything else, that in what we have, we can take great contentment and joy. And then, Lord, we can be equipped to share that hope and that love and all good things that we have with the world around us, that others might know Jesus. Lord, we need you to do this because we can't do it ourselves. We pray you do it in us today. In Jesus' name, amen.